Hey, grown-ups, warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Factor has a menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Head to factormeals.com slash tales50. That's T-A-L-E-S 5-0. And use code tales50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code tales50 at factormeals.com. Dot com slash tales 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey grown-ups, I have something exciting to share with you. There's a brand new kids podcast out now that I think you're going to love. It's called Mysteries About True Histories. This show is perfect if you love adventures, solving riddles, and maybe even some wacky math problems. But I need a little help from some new friends to tell you more. Max and Molly, take it away. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Tailblazers. I'm Rebecca Cunningham. And I'm Arlo. And this is Girl Tales a kids' podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Now we have to do our special shout-outs. So, Arlo, can you help me out with the special shout-outs? Uh-huh. Thank you to Christine, Dara, and Dwan. Grown Ups Girl Tales is brought to you by families like yours. If you'd like your child to host an episode with me, or if you'd like to hear their name at the top of the next episode... Head to patreon.com slash girltales and donate today. Now, on to our episode. This is Princess Cordelia of Freshwater. Oh, can you say enjoy? I forgot to add that in. Enjoy! I'd like to tell you about a friend of mine. The name she was born with was Maud. But you may call her Princess Cordelia. She lives in the treehouse next to mine. Every morning, my wife and I wave to her from our window as she sips her tea on her front porch from the loveliest golden teacup you have ever seen. And every night, she makes sure to wish us sweet dreams from her window. I've never been quite sure of how old Princess Cordelia is. She once told me that she's as young as the sunrise and as old as the sunset. I'm not sure what that means, but it feels like she's been here in fresh water always. I do know that, like all of us, she once was a child. 
She told me so herself when I asked her how she came to live here in freshwater. Princess Cordelia had the brightest imagination as a child. It was so bright she could make wishes come to fruition just by imagining them. But she did not have parents. Or she did, but they were gone on an adventure that would take a millennia. Or perhaps they temporarily turned into willow trees. Or got lost in a very big book. Or maybe they were a god and goddess with much responsibility, taking care of the mere mortals of the earth and diligently watching over the princess from the clouds. That is all to say, Princess Cordelia was on her own. You need not worry for her, of course. She rather liked being on her own, but oh, how she wished for a family. At first, Princess Cordelia lived in a home called the School of Children of Lost Parents, with other children whose parents were somewhere or other. The other children there didn't understand the princess's imagination and insisted on calling her Maud, a name she detested. I am Princess Cordelia, a kind and powerful leader, she'd yell back at them. But they'd just laugh and laugh. Whenever their taunts became too much for her to bear, she'd run off to a cave made of flowers in the woods that she built herself using her imagination. It was there that she reminded herself of all that she came from and all that she was meant to be. An adventurer, the child of a god and goddess, a princess. One day, the headmistress of the School of Children of Lost Parents requested that Princess Cordelia meet her in her office. The princess diligently made her way through the hall, down the creaky staircase, and into the official office of the headmistress. Yes, headmistress? The princess quietly spoke. Be sure to pack a bag at once. You are to board a train at half past four in the morning, the headmistress declared as she stared at the princess from her desk. She had never been on a train before. A train? But where am I going? Cordelia asked. The headmistress stared down at a paper. You are going to, um, oh... The town. The town? But what town and why? Princess Cordelia asked. That's what it says here. The town. The name of the town is... The town. You have been assigned a family. Well, a woman. She needs help on her farm and you will do just that, Maud. Be polite, keep your head down, speak when you are spoken to, keep your bright imagination to yourself, and remember, your name is Maud Green, not Princess Cor whatever you say. Adopted? I've been adopted? I'll have a, a family, a home, some... Neighbors? Oh, headmistress, thank you. Princess Cordelia rushed to hug the headmistress in her excitement. Oh, no, Maud, I don't like to be hugged. 
the headmistress exclaimed. Yes, headmistress, uh, forgive me, uh, but I'm just ever so excited, Princess Cordelia told her. I'll go and pack my things at once. She didn't have much to pack. She owned one dress, one nightgown, a hairbrush, and a crown of flowers that she made herself using her imagination. She quickly jumped into bed much earlier than the rest of the children. She thought that if she fell asleep earlier, the sooner she'd be at her new home in the town. The town. What an odd name for a place. Didn't whoever name it think about what a blessing it is to name a place? Couldn't they have used their imagination? A little creativity? Regardless, it didn't matter to her. In the morning, she'd be on a train for the very first time in her life, and then she'd have a family. Well, just one woman who needed help on her farm, but a family all the same. And there'd be a new school with lovely children with bright imaginations just like hers. And the town would be full of wonderful people who worked and lived there. Her imagination ran so wild, she hardly slept a wink that night. The train ride was very long, but thrilling. Princess Cordelia felt like the adventurer she always knew she was. The train rolled through mountains, over rivers, and past little homes which the princess imagined many families lived in. As she watched the little homes pass by, she fell asleep dreaming of those little loving families and having a family of her own. She was jolted awake from her nap by the conductor yelling, Next stop, the town. The town? Oh, yes, that was her stop. She grabbed her small bag of few but precious items and made her way to the door so she would be the first off the train. But she noticed she was the only one to get off at the town station. And when she got there, there was only one other person there. A woman, standing straight as an arrow. She wore a navy hat and navy suit. She looked very serious. Cordelia cautiously walked up to her. This cannot be right, the woman said to her. Excuse me, miss? Cordelia replied. Are you the child from the School of Children of Lost Parents? The woman asked. I am, the princess replied. But you were to be a boy. A boy? Yes, the woman exclaimed. I specifically asked for a boy. I need help on my farm. What good will a girl do me? The woman asked in frustration. Well, I... Princess Cordelia usually had so much to say, but she was left speechless. A boy? Cordelia wasn't a boy at all. If she spoke and defended herself, would it ruin everything? Would this woman decide to send her on the next train back to the school of children of lost parents? She just couldn't go back to that dreadful place with those dreadful children. As she was mid-thought, the woman interrupted. Well, you will have to do. Into the carriage. She turned on her heel and walked directly to a very plain carriage with a very plain horse. <laughs> the princess stared at the woman without moving. Well, quickly, 
We don't have all day. The cows need milking, the chickens need feeding, and I am an old woman as it is. Into the carriage. Cordelia rushed behind her and leaped into the carriage before the woman could change her mind. I am Lucinda Montgomery, she spoke as the carriage started to move. I am... a Maud Green, Princess Cordelia replied. She would have told her that she felt her... She would have told her what she felt her real true name was, but she remembered what the headmistress said and didn't want to ruffle any feathers. A long silence ensued as they made their way down a plain and simple and very straight dirt path. Lucinda broke that silence with, I am the mayor here. The mayor? Cordelia asked in surprise. Yes, I decide on everything that needs to be decided upon. I would take the needs of my constituents into consideration, but I am the only one who lives here. The only one who lives here? Cordelia asked in surprise. Yes, I rather like it that way, Lucinda replied. Cordelia started to realize if Lucinda was the only person who lived in the town, she would be the only child. There would be no one else to play with, no neighbors, just her and Lucinda, a woman that didn't seem to have much of an imagination. Was this better than leaving the school of children of lost parents? Cordelia couldn't be sure now. Lucinda? Yes? Did you name this town? Cordelia asked. Of course I did, Lucinda responded. Well, if I may ask, why did you name it The Town? Because that's what it is. There is no reason to call anything other than what it is, Lucinda stated matter-of-factly. Interesting. Cordelia clearly had an opinion on this, but again, she was thinking of what the headmistress told her, and the fact that she wasn't the boy that Lucinda had requested, and so she held her tongue. As they moved along the dirt road, they came upon a store. Lucinda pulled the horse and carriage in front of it so she could get out for a bit of a stretch. A store. Maybe there were other people here after all. Cordelia jumped out of the carriage to investigate, but alas, it was empty and gray, and it didn't look like there was anything to be sold there. Cordelia didn't see anyone at the register, or anyone restocking the shelves. Just a store. This is the store, Lucinda told her as she stretched. The store? Yes. The store. Did you name it? Of course. There's no one to sell anything to, so there's nothing inside. It's just here because it makes sense to have a store in a town. I've always dreamed of stores in towns like this, Cordelia told Lucinda. Inside, there'd be a lovely man named Mr. Cuthbert, who would sell freshly baked bread fruits, and vegetables of all kinds, and the best part would be the barrels of colorfully wrapped candy by the register that children could purchase for five cents a pound. I imagine he'd have a son named Matthew, 
who stocks the shelves after school and on the weekends. Mr. Cuthbert and Matthew love each other deeply, and they're very happy in their store. In my mind, it would be called Cuthbert and Son. Well, that would be too much, Maud, Lucinda told Cordelia. There's no need for something so superfluous in a town without people. Yes, I suppose so, Cordelia reluctantly agreed. And they made their way back to the plain carriage and the plain horse so they could finish their journey to Cordelia's new home with Lucinda. As they did that, they heard a bell. Was that a bell? Cordelia asked. Couldn't be. Lucinda responded and kept on walking. Cordelia turned around to see where the bell was coming from. As she did, she found herself directly in front of a sign that was not there before. It said, Cuthbert and Son, Candy, Five Cents a Pound. Into the carriage, Maud, Lucinda directed. The cows need milking, the chickens need feeding, and I... But Lucinda, look! Cordelia said. Lucinda turned around, and as she did, the store started to turn all sorts of colors. Through the windows, they could see where the sound of the bell had come from. It was a cash register. There were brand new items on the shelves and people walking through the aisles. Yes, actual people. But how? But no one lives here. What is happening? Lucinda cried out. Then, a man and a young boy walked out in aprons. Hello, Mayor Montgomery. Who is this young girl with you? The older man asked. Bah, bah, bah. Lucinda was so flabbergasted she couldn't speak. So Cordelia spoke for her. I am Princess Cordelia. I'll be living with Lucinda on her farm. Princess Cordelia? Lucinda was very confused by this name. So nice to meet you, Princess. I am Mr. Cuthbert, and this is my son, Matthew. Do drop in whenever you would like. We have bread and fruits and vegetables and plenty of candy. Yes, I certainly will, Mr. Cuthbert. It's a pleasure to meet both of you. Well, we have to be on our way, Cordelia told them. Yes, of course. Goodbye, Mayor. Goodbye, Princess Cordelia. Lucinda and Cordelia went back into their carriage and were on their way. Lucinda could barely speak. She was so shocked. How is that possible? No one else lives in the town except for me. We are both tired from our journey. It must have been a mirage. That's all that can explain it. And who is this Princess Cordelia you speak of? Your name is Maud Green. You told me so before. Well, Cordelia went to explain her name to Lucinda, but she wouldn't hear of it. And Cordelia didn't want to push too hard. But she did know that her imagination could build wonderful things. And she thought that that just might have been what happened. She dreamt up Mr. Cuthbert and his son Matthew in their store, and there they were. A few miles more along the road, they passed by what looked like a schoolhouse. Or what was once a schoolhouse. 
It was made of gray wood and looked as though it would fall over at any moment. There were no children inside or out. No teachers to be seen. This is the school. I have it built here because it makes sense to have a school in a town, but of course no one uses it since I am the only person who lives in the town. Lucinda explained. I spent many nights at the School of Children of Lost Parents dreaming about what it might be like to go to a lovely school where the children were kind and the teachers encouraged bright imaginations. I like to think that there's a forgetful principal named Mr. Brom who runs the school and a fantastic theater teacher named Ms. Van Tassel and a very anxious third grade teacher named Mr. K., I'd call the school Blythe Gables. Doesn't that sound elegant? Well, you won't be finding that kind of school here, since that school is just there because it makes sense, and not because there are other children, Maud. You will do all of your studies on the farm with me. Yes, of course, Cordelia reluctantly agreed. Well, off we go, said Lucinda. The cows need milking, the chickens need feeding, and... A bell interrupted Lucinda as she was speaking. Lucinda and Cordelia turned around to see where the sound was coming from. They saw a bell swinging back and forth on top of the schoolhouse, a bell that was not there before. They then saw the schoolhouse turn red and straighten up right in front of their eyes. Then children started to run out and play in the schoolyard. And two men and one woman approached their carriage. Hello, Hello Mayor, Mayor Montgomery. Montgomery. They all said to Lucinda at once. Ha, ha, hello. Lucinda responded in complete disbelief. And who might this be? The woman asked. This, this, this is... Princess Cordelia, I'll be living with Lucinda from now on. How do you do, Princess Cordelia? I am Ms. Van Tassel, and this is the principal, Mr. Brom, and the third grade teacher, Mr. K. We are so looking forward to having you here as a student, said Miss Van Tassel. I'm looking forward to that as well. We have to be off. It was so nice to meet you all, Cordelia said to the three teachers. And Cordelia and Lucinda were off in their plain carriage with their plain horse. I certainly am exhausted, Lucinda said. That must have been another mirage we saw. After all, no one else lives in the town, and there certainly aren't any children or, or, or school teachers. Cordelia kept quiet, but she knew the powers that her imagination had. They then came upon a lake, where the horse stopped to take a drink of water. The lake was nothing to write home about, for there was no grass around it, no fish swimming inside of it, no people around enjoying its beauty, for it wasn't very beautiful. This is the lake, Lucinda told Cordelia. It is here because it makes sense for a town to have a lake. Imagine, Lucinda... If this lake was full of brightly colored fish, imagine that there were couples on rowboats enjoying its beauty. 
Imagine the water being so fresh that you and I could drink from it without hesitation. It would be so fresh, you could call it Freshwater Lake. Wouldn't that just be lovely? Well, what would be the sense in that? Lucinda asked. Well, I guess it doesn't always have to make sense. But wouldn't it make life more worth living? To enjoy it? I suppose, Lucinda responded. However, that is not the case here. The lake is meant to be just what it is, a lake. It is not to be enjoyed, Lucinda told her. Now off we go. The cows need milking, the chickens need feeding, and I... But then a bell rang. They both noticed it was coming from Lucinda's horse, who was still drinking at the lake. But the horse looked different. He was much taller, and his mane looked silky smooth. Around his harness was the shiniest golden bell. The greenest grass you had ever seen started to grow around the lake. People started to pop up as if from nowhere. They were in rowboats and sitting on the grass and laughing and playing. Oh, and the fish. The fish, they were beautiful, and you could see them swimming through the clear blue water. Princess Cordelia took a sip from the water, and it was the most delicious water she had ever tasted. Maud, this must have been from you. How is it possible that everything you say comes to fruition just moments later? This is all superfluous. This is ridiculous. This is... It's beautiful, Lucinda. Life is so much better when you have people around you and beautiful things to enjoy with beautiful names. And speaking of names, would you mind calling me Princess Cordelia? It's a name I much prefer over Maud. I, I, I have to think about it, Lucinda responded. It's okay to be overwhelmed, Lucinda. We just have to take it day by day. Together. We are family now, Princess Cordelia told Lucinda as she walked her slowly back to the carriage and passed a sign that said, Welcome to Freshwater Lake. Lucinda took several deep breaths as she saw her town turn into something so much more than she anticipated. She was such a straightforward woman that she didn't feel the need for all of this beauty, all of these other people, and all of this love and patience from such a young child. This was going to take some getting used to. But in the meantime, the cows still needed milking and chickens needed feeding, so they headed back to the farm where they lived together until Princess Cordelia grew up. The town changed its name to Freshwater after the beautiful lake that was at the center of it. Cordelia went to the same school that I did much later, Blythe Gables. And every day she'd go to Carruthers and Son to buy her food for dinner. And of course, a little bit of candy. Lucinda was still very serious, but Princess Cordelia thought that was necessary. She even liked that about Lucinda. Princess Cordelia's imagination created a whole town full of magic and wonderful places and very kind people. It's the place I call home, and I have Princess Cordelia to thank for that. 
That was Princess Cordelia of Freshwater, written, produced, and performed by me, Rebecca Cunningham. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And always, always, always remember, I believe in you. Being a princess ain't about the dresses. Being a princess is bigger than a crown. Being a princess is doing your best. It takes kindness. strong in the night you gotta remember yeah you gotta remember